So I just recently changed the custody arrangement concerning my daughter, Kronada. I will have less time with her than I did before, which is a decision her other mother and I made for a whole lot of reasons that make sense. Even so, after our appointment with our lawyer the other day, I cried and cried, and then I cried some more. When the woman who I consider my substitute mother asked me how I was, I said, sometimes life just feels like one ongoing series of losses. Hi, I'm Kendall. <laughs> if we haven't met, and whenever I preach, I just like to jump right in. And if you haven't met my children, I'm sure you've heard them making noise. I have two kiddos that I adopted from foster care, both age five. And over the course of their lives, they've been in and out of my care multiple times. Which I think is why I cried so much after meeting with the lawyer the other day. It wasn't just about the fact that the relationship with Kernado is taking a new shape. It's that it's changing again. I'm saying goodbye to what we've built again. And really, I think all parenting is a little like that. We say goodbye again and again to different phases in our kids' lives. Goodbye to the way our relationship looked for a particular season, knowing it will never look the same again. But in foster care, that goodbye thing is extra poignant. Sometimes they physically leave your house and leave your arms. Sometimes you don't know if you'll ever see them again. Sometimes you don't know what to do with all the love that you've grown and fostered when there's no longer a person present to funnel it towards. But I don't think you have to be a foster parent or even a parent at all to understand that kind of grief. Everyone's love has at one time or another encountered the void left by someone else's unwanted departure. We lose friendships, we lose romantic partners, business partners, we lose family members, we lose dreams. I don't always know what to do with my grief or the way life keeps dishing out loss. But the other day, one of my clients told me that in Texas, it is during the fall and winter season that the roots of the trees grow the most. And I can't stop thinking about that, how when the tree is most bereft, it reaches even deeper and wider for its nutrients, pulls those nutrients in, and then eventually sprouts new life, bigger and stronger and more anchored than ever before. I don't know why life dishes out so much loss, and I still don't think it's fair. But golly, I've sure got some wicked roots by now. For me, it's not just children I say goodbye to. It's my parents who are alive, alive to be clear, but can't abide having a queer daughter. I've lost friends and mentors, every person I ever date. Side note, I saw a quote the other day that said, telling people you're single, oh, you'll find someone. Have you tried Tinder? <laughs> Saying, many have tried to date me and all have failed. <laughs> he calls mystical and empowering. So I think I'm going to start using that from now on. I'm not single. I'm just wildly unattainable. <laughs> By all you average mother forkers. <laughs> Okay, that's just my gift of a reframe to all you single people. Um, 
were we talking about? Um, <laughs> grief. Okay. Back to sadness. <laughs> for real. <laughs> for real, though. For real. Sometimes it sucks being so unattainable. I mean, single. There's there's no one to hug me when I'm sad. No one to brainstorm parenting techniques. No one to give me a five-minute break when my kids are driving me up the wall and I just need to walk away for a second. There's no slacking for single parents because there's no one to catch the slack. So there's the daily struggle of being the sole grown-up responsible for all the things. And then there's the pain of thinking you've found your person or finally formed a family and then saying goodbye yet again. After every blossoming spring, I turn winter tree, barren branch, all over again. Sometimes I wish for a more traditional life, a marriage to grow old inside of, a family that supports you through thick and thin, children that remain uneventfully yours, even when you're not sure you want them. <laughs> I'm just kidding, kids. We love you. <laughs> I don't know why some people's lives are evergreen trees, or so it seems, and why some people are deciduous like me. Is any person an evergreen? I have my doubts, regardless of what their Instagram grid suggests. I have my particular griefs, and I'm pretty sure you have yours. And I'm fairly certain that if you are a person who loves at all, then you've had to let go in some form or fashion when you didn't want to or when you didn't feel ready. Because love isn't a tight grip. I think it's more of an open palm or a door without a lock or a deciduous plant. Without the possibility of release, it isn't love. It's control. After, the meet, after my meeting with the lawyer the other day, and after I cried a bit, I wrote this poem. Why does it appear painless for leaves to fall? As if the branch doesn't feel torn limb by limb with each goodbye. And I've never learned the art of release, if graceful is what is meant by art. I let go as artfully as thornbush on cotton, always a ripping moan. Someone told me leaves fall when the new ones are already poking through. Does the bud of spring make the autumn tree hurt less? Or dread winter more for all the wanting of what it knows but has yet to come? My daughter still has all her baby teeth. I spot a succedaneous tooth poking through, but the baby refuses to surrender. Its roots are gone, x-ray reveals. Maybe it's just afraid to fall, my daughter reflects. It's never done this before. So she told her tooth it would be okay. There was a fairy waiting for him. Maybe it's easier to let go if there's a soft place for your babies to land. Or maybe it's never easy. Maybe pain nudges the beauty forward. If only the trees could tell us. 
The poet who wrote Ecclesiastes put it this way, for everything there is a season. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. The poet Rumi said it like this, and don't think the garden loses its ecstasy in winter. It's quiet, but the roots down there are riotous. So I wonder if there's a leaf that you're still clinging to, because no matter how many seasons you do this, you're still afraid to let things fall. I wonder if the changing season is beckoning you to go ahead and let go, to trust your roots, to trust the soil in which you are planted, to trust that winter is not the same thing as death and cold is not the same thing as alone and even death is not the same thing as the end. I wonder if you are the leaf trying to hang on and if you could just quiet your fear long enough, you'd hear the wind calling, I'll carry you and the grass crying out will catch you. I wonder if you are a root system, which I think would mean that underneath the surface you are incredibly vast, remarkably intelligent, nearly impossible to destroy. I don't know exactly where you find yourself in this season of life, or in this extended three-page long tree metaphor. <laughs> but I hope that wherever you are, and Whatever it is that you're grieving, big or small, you might be able to soften your grip just a bit. Allow yourself to relax. Allow nature to do its job. You don't have to be in control. You can let go, and love will still carry you.